Sefer B'Midbar, Parshat Shalach, on having a truthful outlook. In Parshat Shalach, which means send, God has Moshe send agents or spies, one from each of the 12 tribes to scope out the promised land. See what kind of country it is, Moshe tells them. Are the people who dwell in it strong or weak, few or many? Is the country in which they dwell good or bad? Are the towns they live in open or fortified? Is the soil rich or poor? After 40 days, the spies returned and gave what is often deemed to be a false report, saying that the Jews could not possibly survive in the land of Israel, in what is now known as the Chet Hamaraglim, or the sin of the spies. They began their report, though, with a statement that was true. We came to the land you sent us to, they said. It does indeed flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Rashi, referencing the Talmudic tractate Sota, comments, they stated this because no fabricated statement in which one does not say at least some true words at first can in the end be maintained. The report then turned overly negative. The spies said, however, the people who inhabit the country are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw offspring of the giant, the Anakites. Amalekites dwell in the Negev region. Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites inhabit the hill country. And Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb, the spy from the tribe of Yehuda, of Judah, refuted their report saying, let us all by all means go up and we shall gain possession of it for we shall surely overcome it. However, he was outnumbered with the other spies responding, we cannot attack the people for it is stronger than we. The country that we traversed and scouted is one that devours its settlers. All the people that we saw in it are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The Anakites are part of the Nephilim. And we looked like grasshoppers to ourselves. And so we must have looked to them. Nephilim, as the traditional commentators point out, are giants, the kind that appear in the book of Genesis before the flood. People, the Israelites, would presumably have no hope of defeating this sows disarray and despair among the Israelites who say, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we might die in this wilderness, why is God taking us to that land to fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be carried off. It would be better for us to go back to Egypt. Let us go back for Egypt. However, Caleb and Joshua, the spies respectively representing Judah and Ephraim, dispute the report of the other 10, saying, the land that we traversed and scouted is an exceedingly good land. If pleased with us, God will bring us into that land, a land that flows with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only you must not rebel against God. Have no fear then of the people of the country, for they are our prey. Their protection has departed from them, but God is with us. 
have no fear of them. God grows angry at the Israelites for their lack of faith. And Moses again has to persuade God to pardon them. And still they are punished by being made to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, for the 40 days that the spies spent scouting. The Torah doesn't exactly say why 10 of the spies were inaccurate in their report and why it had such awful consequences. Yeshivat Maharat Smicha student Nomi Kaltman interpreted the sin of the spies not as an arbitrary lie or exaggeration or as trying to derail the path of the Israelites, but as a response to the fear they experienced leaving the womb-like safety of God's constant protection in the desert. She wrote, all that the spies reported to Moshe about the challenges facing them in the land of Israel was true. The settling of the land of Israel would be challenging. It was unwalled. There were giants. The challenges were numerous. While these perceptions were technically correct, like the baby who does not understand how life after the womb can exist, the spies failed to realize their flawed approach. Relying on what they had perceived, they drew an assumption that the people of Israel would be unable to overcome these obstacles and inhabit the land of Israel. They forgot that God was with them and that there would be a chance to create a new reality and vision, one that would allow them to simultaneously exist independently of the limitations of the desert and their reliance on God like the baby who can only relate to the immediate reality that they are living in, the people of Israel failed to understand that their perception was only one side of the equation. Friends, from this partial, we learn that we must resist the temptation to grow cynical and discouraged. Yes, we need to be honest and realistic, but we also must be encouraged and empowered by the potential for change. It is easy to look at the obstacles and challenges when creating change, but articulating problems should be balanced with a message of hope and possibility and faith. Sometimes we can tell the truth, but the partial truth is itself false when not balanced. This Parsha presents not only a warning for major leaders to be cautious with their voice, but all of us today must be cautious to be realistic, but also be encouraging of productive efforts. In the current age, as we examine the dangers of climate change, pandemics, and the prospect of global warfare, we must be extremely discerning about what information we trust and how we react to information that is alarming or invokes panic or hopelessness. Most importantly, we must remember that a truthful outlook cannot be clouded by fear. Shabbat Shalom. Is that faster than six? No.